0: Coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, the Cougars come off a long break to resume their schedule with Troy in town. It's time for BYU's home opener, and we're diving in with Kalani, linebacker Isaiah Kafusi, and the Cougs, next. This
1: is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg
0: Rubel. Well, good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside the BYU Broadcasting Building to our temporary second-floor set in this building. We expect to be back in our regular home inside Studio C in time for next week's show. Great to have you with us, and we invite you to join us in tonight's conversation by submitting questions for Kalani on Twitter using the hashtag SitakeShow, as well as on Facebook and Instagram on the BYU TV sports accounts. Coming up over the next hour, we'll head into the film room with wide receiver Gunner Romney. We'll preview Saturday's first ever gridiron meeting with the men of Troy. Our Cougar Q&A poses the question this week, why BYU? Tonight's deep blue player profile gives us more on defensive back Malik Moore, and senior linebacker and captain Isaiah Kofusi will join us. But after two weeks away, we are very happy to welcome back to our set the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Hey, coach.
2: What's so, up, Greg? Good to be back.
0: Good to see you. It's, uh, it's been a long wait for this one. Another feel like a long wait, but we are back, and hopefully we get into a bit of a routine, kind of get rolling here a bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, this, this, uh, having the show on Tuesday makes a lot of sense and means that we're getting close to game time. And so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, obviously I like hanging out with you, but I really missed you and, and looking forward to getting things back to normal as far as football goes this weekend.
0: We start with some news of the day, uh, Coach, and that is the state of Utah moving Provo and Orem uh, back to what they call the Orange uh, Protocol and allowing sports to continue but without spectators in the stands. So that means that uh, for this Saturday's game against Troy and then the following week on Friday against La Tech, uh, unfortunately, uh, no fans uh, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium.
2: Yeah, obviously, I mean, you know, it's disappointing. We love our fans and, and uh, look forward to being back at home and entertaining them and, and doing as, uh, you know, as much as we can to, to play at our best. And so uh, knowing that the fans are not going to be there, we're gonna have to create our own energy and passion on the sidelines and be ready for that game. You know, we've, this is the second game that we'll, we'll have without any fans. So we should be used to uh, creating our own energy on the sideline, but uh, you know, hopefully we can get things back to normal after these two weeks and, and get some fans in there. But until then, we're just really thankful for the opportunity to keep playing football
0: and hearkening back to the Navy experience. How true is it that once the game got going, the lack of fans in the stands wasn't really a thing for the guys.
2: Yeah, I felt like it wasn't really, once you started the game, pregame, it, it was a little bit eerie to begin with because uh, you're just so used to fans, you know, getting into the game, getting their seats and and, and uh, making a lot of noise for that opening kickoff. But uh, once the game started, I think the guys got right into full game mode and, and were able to execute it as best as they can. And, uh, you know, the result was really good for us. But there's a lot of things that we want to improve on from the first game and looking to, we had a lot of time to improve from game one to game two and trying to, improve as much as possible as a team
0: as to covid uh, as widespread as the virus has been around the state and, and and utah county byu's team was always unlikely to be totally untouched by it right i mean it was bound to happen at some point zach wilson came out for example this week and says yeah i, I had it earlier in the summer
2: yeah i mean i, I think the it's understandable that the virus is, is uh, everywhere you know and and uh you know we, we but we have to do our part to try to minimize the, the infection rate as possible and uh, you know, I understand the, the government leaders or well, what they have to, the decisions that they have to make in our administration. Uh, we're going to do everything we can in our power as coaches and as players to make sure that our program runs as clean as possible. And, uh, you know, we know that there, there may be teams. I mean, we have to make it through two more uh, tests, test results. And we just know that, you know, if, if we have to make adjustments, uh, we're going to have enough guys out there to play. And, and, and it may be different uh, with, with the players that are available, but it's OK. We're just, we're just thankful to play the game.
0: The COVID situation meant the postponement, of course, of the Army game. That would have been a game pitting two ranked teams, pretty high-profile setting it would have been last Saturday. Um, so it's a shame that it didn't get played. I guess the question now becomes, uh, Kalani, does that game eventually get played? What do you think?
2: Well, I think that's a Tom Homo uh, question, you know, but I, I think that uh, we would love to play them and, and uh, wish them the best. Uh, you know, this weekend, I think they're playing Cincinnati and, and uh, you know, well-coached team and really good people there. So... Uh, hopefully we can see them in the future, and and we'll see how that works out. But uh, for now, we're focused on Troy and trying to get ready for them in the the home opener in Lavelle Stadium.
0: Whether it was last week, though, or whenever, it's a good game for both teams. You can't argue that, right?
2: Of course, yeah, I I believe so. And and I think that, uh, you know, I I think for us, we had a lot of work against them, and I think that it'd be good to get back on that. And we'll we'll try to do our best to make sure that when we have that opportunity again, that we make sure we're ready for that game.
0: So the Army game gets taken off the schedule for the time being. But as one game is taken away, another one is added, and we find out that uh, you have an opponent on conference weekend, general conference weekend, that will follow your Troy game that you're most focused on. But there's that La Tech game popping up on a Friday night, uh, first Friday in October.
2: Yeah, quick turnaround. You know, we have them at home on, on a Friday night, and uh well-coached team, you know, and, and I think they have tons of speed and athleticism. Uh, we'll get to them next week, but yeah. – but, uh, Glad that, that Tom was able to add them to the schedule. A really good program, and, and looking forward to that matchup after this one.
0: Did you see how they won this past weekend?
2: You know I what? I didn't take a look good enough. I was so <laughs> focused on Troy and getting them ready. Well, yeah. do
0: check that out at some yeah. point. It was pretty crazy. Uh, so,
2: BY's been idle. it was idle. A one point win at the end, right? Yeah,
0: last minute touch, yeah. last second touchdown, Southern toe miss. tapper. It was crazy. Uh, BY's been idle for a couple of weeks, but not in the polls. Uh, Kalani Cougs are up to 18th. In the latest AP poll. thats good news—and uh, slightly lower in the coaches' poll. And, and you know that rankings mean exposure. Uh, playing on ESPN in the late-night games means exposure, but the best kind of exposure comes when you play well and win a lot of games.
2: Yeah, and the key for us is to make sure that we're consistent and show and show well. We've had big wins before. Talked about that with, with the team, you know, and, and it's it's, uh, it's uh, being able to be, be at our best every week, and that's the goal. Now we've had a big break from game one to game two, and. Uh, making sure that our guys are coaches and, and players that we're ready to go. You know, and that's going to be the key for us. We have a lot of leadership on this team and a lot of depth. Uh, so whatever th- this comes our way and whatever guys can show up on the game on uh, on Saturday, we'll, we have to go with and be ready to roll.
0: Even though it's been a big break, you just hope to be as sharp in game two as you were in game one for an opener away from home after the weirdness of the summer. You guys were really good.
2: Yeah, and what what I've seen from the practices, I mean, we just had a great practice today, you know, so a great one yesterday and uh, I hope that that you know feeds into what we're going to do tomorrow and Thursday as we get ready for the, you know, for the for the second game, home opener. So I, I I'm really uh, I'm anticipating our guys being ready. I've been really, uh, really, really, uh, you know, impressed with the leadership from our, our upperclassmen, from the experienced guys on our team, and uh, I think I think that's going to carry a lot of weight for us when it goes into this game. Let's hit a
0: couple of personnel notes, and you mentioned already a couple more tests to go through. Are you crossing fingers right now that you have enough right guys in the right places to have what you think would be a full team against Troy?
2: Yeah, we'll just have to adjust if that happens. I mean, that's just kind of the new way 2020 is going to work. So, uh, and if it does, we just need to make sure that we're ready to go. We, we have a lot of things to prove in this game, you know. So I, I think um, there's a lot of things that our players want to, want to show out there for, for the country to see and, and for our fans. And so we're looking forward to the game.
0: You lost running back Jackson McChesney in the Navy game. Uh, what's your running back depth looking like right now?
2: Um, yeah, we should, be, we should be pretty good. I mean, I think we we're going to get, uh, you know, Sione final back soon. Uh, it was just unfortunate what happened to Jackson. You know, he hurt it in the, in the game and then, uh, you know, his last play was scoring a touchdown. So that's the best way to go out. You know, we'll get him back. He's knowing everything about him. He's a guy that can, that can respond well and uh, he'll be ready for us when, when we get to the next season. But uh, unfortunate, we really were looking forward to him, the things that he's done in the past year to get ready for the season. Uh, but I have no doubt he'll be ready for the next year.
0: You mentioned Sione. People may not uh, recall, he was the leading rusher on this team last season, and he hasn't yet played. And the hope is you are going to get him back here hopefully soon, right? Yeah,
2: he's practicing with us, and he's running. And, and uh, I think he's getting a lot more confidence on, the, on, you know, on that knee. And uh, I, I'm, I think he's going he's to be ready for us. It's just a matter of us uh, getting him ready in the right time and not, not just trying to fast-forward it when, before his time. that'd be a big boost
0: to your running back room. There are other guys, but the top two right now are the guys that you hope stay healthy, and that's with uh, uh, Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa. Uh, Quite the uh, one-two punch they gave you in Annapolis uh, to get that big win two weeks uh, and a day ago.
2: Yeah, and I I think, you know, we're going to have to lean on both guys to run the ball, and we have some others that that um, may get a chance to get some carries as well, you know, and uh, we feel like we have a good uh, amount of guys even with some of the injuries that we've had to face so far.
0: And you really hope that uh, the injury bug has stopped biting the running backs for a while, right?
2: Yeah, I, I just wish it'd go away. <laughs> you know that, that that's the uh, uh, it, it's unfortunate, and, and but you know what that that's it's a violent game um, with a lot of big bodies and athletic bodies that can move, and so um, sometimes things happen, and you never you never uh, you never plan on it happening, but you have to plan to make adjustments along the way. It's just like the COVID test now part of the, the injury deal, so we have to rely on our depth we knew that we had a deep team we just didn't know that our depth would have to deal with you know a pandemic and other issues
0: okay well we're hoping for the best there and in every room uh in your football offices well it is that time on the show when we take you inside the plays with a player helping us highlight some of his good work from the previous game with an assist from our own jerem jordan this week gunnar romney takes us inside the film room all right, Gunnar, it will have been 19
3: days between games. How are you managing that long of a layoff?
4: Um, you know, it's it's kind of weird. This is a unique situation. I've never been in a season with, with this big of a delay between games. And it's pretty much like another first game of the season type thing. It's fun to, to be able to really dive deep into, into the film and stuff like that. So I think we'll be really prepared for it. So I'm, I'm excited for the next game. I'm excited to actually play again.
3: And You talked about the film. Let's go into the film room now and break down some film. You had a 45-yard touchdown on a screen. Walk me through what you did against Navy.
4: Okay, yeah. So I mean, it's just a it's just a simple little wide receiver step back screen. We weren't really anticipating press coverage, but the DB came up and pressed, and so I kind of had to give him a, a little move off the line to create some space. Brady Christensen had an amazing kick out block on the corner, and so I was able to to free up after stumbling for for a second right there. And then it was just off to the races. Okay, 43
3: yard grab, high pointed. This was a great catch and continued what was a very successful not only rushing night, but a passing night.
4: Yeah, so this one is just a, uh, you know, I'm just trying to, trying to hustle as fast as I can to get behind the defense. And Zach put the ball right on the money, right over the safety where only I could get it. And then at that point, it's really just 50-50. Like it's you and the DB who wants the ball more. The first play of the game, Gunner, is a called deep
3: ball to you. Walk me through what you remember from that play.
4: We were just gonna try and take a deep shot just to, you know, let Navy know that we're we're here, we're gonna take shots and we're gonna we're gonna try and open up the field on you. And so I think even though we didn't complete this, this ball, it still opened up the defense because they were they were weary about, you know, the the deep ball for the rest of the game, which opened up everything else for us. How quickly do you move on to the next play after that? Like I, I, I'm pretty good at blocking out, you know, past plays and and just moving forward with it. And so you're gonna have plays where you wish you could take back, but you you can't. So you just have to focus on the next one and not let it happen again. How do you feel
3: about Troy and that defense coming in at one and zero against the one and zero BYU Cougars?
4: They pass a lot on offense, and so it's we're probably gonna get lots of possessions um, just because the speed of the game is gonna be amped up. So I'm really excited, looking forward to it. Are you going to say something to former
3: BYU offensive line coach Ryan Pugh, who's now the OC at Troy?
4: You know, it's 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 uh, it's going to be all serious, all business. But after the game, we, we'll, we'll have some fun. Okay, Gunnar, I appreciate
3: you uh, taking some time in the film room here, and good luck against Troy.
4: Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well,
0: that's good stuff. Speaking of Ryan Pugh, we had Coach Grimes on the coordinator's corner yesterday, and I said, hey, you get to match up with your old buddy uh, Ryan Pugh. And he looks at me stone-faced and says, He's not my buddy this week, and he and he meant it. But it is it'll be good to see him again.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, we we love him and, and his wife Kathy Lee. They're awesome. So uh, looking forward to seeing him on the field. And, and like I said, we're competitors, so we we want to beat him just as much as he wants to beat us. But it helps out having great playmakers like Gunnar Romney on the field. And so. Looking forward to him making big plays and, and helping us get that victory this weekend.
0: Something Coach Grimes said about Gunner, by the way, was and, and the screen showed it. You know, Gunner's a long, tall guy. Normally, your good screen guys are you know, the shorter, you know, uh, receivers, slot receivers. Gunner's not really that kind of guy, but he made that play work.
2: Yeah, he's a little deceiving because he's fast, but he just, he's a long strider, so uh, you, you don't you don't see a lot of the speed except for he's just pulling away from guys with his with his length and his yeah. stride. But uh, he's a big playmaker. I mean, th- there's a reason why we. Wanted to get our identity out there and and, and get them a shot in the the beginning of the game, open the season up.
0: All right, good first segment of the show. We are off and rolling for your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play. Watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, we'll have a preview of this weekend's Tilt with Troy and later, Deep Blue on DB Malik Moore. But before we go to break... We wanted to share the sad news that uh, legendary Texas high school football coach Sonny Detmer has passed away. The father of BYU's Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer, Sonny was 76. And Kalani, Sonny raised a true football family. And his influence had a great impact on the BYU program through Ty, obviously.
2: Definitely. And, you know, I found out about the news today as well, and and our hearts, uh, our, our thoughts and prayers are going out for the Detmer family. It's always tough losing, uh, especially the patriarch of the family and, uh, you know, just thinking of Ty and his family right now. But uh, what a a great man and and the things that he's done in, in this world of football, but especially at BYU, the impact that the Detmers have had here.
0: Indeed. All right, we'll be back in a moment.
1: BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Always here for you. Diane's Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Smith's, fresh for everyone. And by America First Credit Union, we're here to help. All right,
0: so we are back with more BYU football with Kalani Sitaki, and here is our game day broadcast schedule this Saturday night. The pregame for BYU and Troy begins on BYU Radio at 8.15 Eastern. Pregame on BYU TV kicks in at 9 o'clock Eastern. The game can be heard on BYU Radio, seen on ESPN at 10.15 Eastern, and then tuned to BYU Radio and BYU TV both for postgame coverage right after. Well, we're five days ahead of BYU's home opener with the trojans of troy both teams 1-0 after road wins in their openers our troy preview highlights are presented by mountain america credit union guiding you forward and we're seeing for those watching kalani the game at middle tennessee on the weekend it's a game that uh troy wins pretty handily
2: oh yeah this scored a lot of points uh, more physical and and you can see on the film you know that they're they're really impressive when you watch that game and uh, you know, we're looking forward to the matchup, and then uh, I feel like we have a good game plan in all three phases. We'll see how it matches up.
0: So the final score of the, their opener ends up being forty-seven, fourteen, and even that felt like it wasn't even like that was a little closer than maybe the, the real game. They, the Middle Tennessee scores a touchdown late to make it fourteen, but total domination there by Troy it felt.
2: Yeah, from the, right from the beginning, you could see that they they uh, established an identity right away, on on offense and defense, and they stuck with it and. Um, you know, they, they were able to get their reserves on the field, get them some valuable experience. And, uh, you know, I, I know that they'll be ready for this game. So uh, we'll, we'll have to match our, our identity and, and make sure our identity is ready to roll And when they, they you know, go on the field at 8.15 p.m.
0: Five running backs, I think, uh, played for... Uh, <laughs> Troy on the weekend, and and all seemed to do a good job when they got in there. They ran through a lot of guys.
2: Yeah, you look at the the n- number of carries that they had, but it's yards per average. They they uh, the old line was doing really good things up front, AND FORCING some big holes, and and uh, yeah, they, they took advantage of that. And I, I feel like the the balance that they had on offense and defense. I mean, on offense with the run IN the pass game was really impressive, and defensively they're. They're a team that can create so much havoc and create a lot of turnover. So we'll have to take care of the football and play some really sound team football to beat these guys. We'll get
0: to that havoc component in a moment. They're in their second season under head coach Chip Lindsey. And and Chip uh, had been an O.C. at Auburn. He was also uh, an O.C. in the Pac-12 of Arizona State. He was he was an analyst at Auburn prior to that. So some good offense on his background. Last year's team did go 5-7. and seven. But they've been winning a lot of games before last season, and they were actually a top twenty offense, despite the fact the record wasn't uh, there for them last year.
2: Yeah, and it was their first year in the program, so they just established their offense and defense. And uh, going into their second year, I, I think uh, you expect them to be a lot better than they were last year. So uh, a lot of guys coming back on their on their uh, as a starters, a lot of experience coming back, and you know we'll have to be ready. I, Chip Lindsey is a great coach, great offensive mind, but that's not to take away from their defensive coaches as well. Really well-coached team. Um, I mean, we know their offensive coordinator, so right. I know they'll be ready for this game.
0: And before the game got totally out of reach, they ran a ton of tempo on Saturday, didn't they? Yeah,
2: they sped it up quite often. I mean, that's probably fast one of the fastest temples we've yeah. seen in the country. And so, uh, you know, we we've luckily we've had that in, the, in our past. We'll see if we can match up and, and uh, you know, make that tempo not as much of an advantage of, as they usually have.
0: Troy's a team known for scheduling P5s annually. In fact, this is their first year since they joined FBS that they haven't had a P5. You're the closest thing to a P5 they'll play this year in the regular season. And they've uh, occasionally sprung uh, the big upset. Since their FBS joining in 2001, you see the teams they've beaten. Mississippi State, Missouri, Oklahoma State, uh, Nebraska, LSU, to name just a few. That LSU team, by the way. Um, was the one you guys saw in 2017 and one that uh, Jeff Grimes was on the sideline for.
2: Yeah, and they ran the ball really well against them, you know. So I think that, uh, you know, we'll have to be ready. It's, uh, they're not going to come in and surprise us. Our guys know how good they are. We see it on film, saw it from last week, and so uh, they have our attention. We'll, be, we'll have to be ready for them.
0: How much do you hope the size is an advantage for BYU Saturday? Every one of the guys on your O-line, too deep, tops 300 pounds. Uh, Troy has just four of their guys at that, at that limit. And uh, BYU, four 300-pounders on the D-line rotation, twice the number of Troy. Trench battles seem pretty decisive at Navy. And um, I guess we'll see who owns the line of scrimmage on, on Saturday. But that's an area where, again, you hope to be good and, and dominant.
2: Yeah, toughness is going to be a mindset for us. You know, that's a, a thing that we – we want to hang our hat on and so the identity of the team being tough and disciplined is going to have to show up, you know, and, and right from the beginning and then withstand it for 60 minutes and then we're looking forward to do this. The, 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 the fact that we had a, a longer layoff is just, I feel, I feel like it's, it's fed into our, our guys being appreciative of getting on the field and want to show every, every second. There's not a second that they can squander now, so this is an opportunity for them to play the game and gets a quality opponent. It doesn't really matter size and when you're looking at the uh, on paper it's going to be on the field guys on the field making the plays and we're looking forward to a tough physical battle
0: when you were up at utah it felt like your d lines were kind of the uh, the anchor of the program a little bit and i thought size was a part of it how much does the line that you're developing here look closer to what maybe you had up there when people thought that utah's d line was among the best in the country and and again what is the component of or what is the value of size
2: I THINK IT'S ON BOTH SIDES. you know. That WHEN WE CAME IN, WE WANTED TO GET OUR O-LINE, D-LINE BIGGER. BUT WE WANTED TO GET STRONGER AND, and, and TO BE as, as, AS PUNISHING AS POSSIBLE. More as most, I MEAN, it's as PHYSICAL AS POSSIBLE. WE WANTED TO, YOU KNOW, THAT'S WHY THAT MATCHUP WITH uh, WISCONSIN BACK IN 2017 WAS A GOOD MATCHUP FOR US TO SEE. BECAUSE I WANTED US TO BE ABLE TO MATCH UP AGAINST TEAMS LIKE THAT. AND WHEN WE WENT BACK THERE IN 2018, IT WAS A DIFFERENT, a different FEEL. AND mm-hmm. AS WE START TO GROW AND OUR TEAM GETS OLDER, AND NOW WE'RE RETURNING A BUNCH OF GUYS THAT HAVE BEEN ON THE FIELD A LOT MORE, I think we're in the right spot developing our guys and getting them big as possible. The leaders on the team will be, uh, I mean, the O-line and D-line have to set the tone. You know, they're competitive, they're strong, they're big beasts, and they're going to have to make the identity of this team be known. And it's good to have them compete and get better.
0: Okay, you've already mentioned his name a couple of times, but there is some familiarity here in that Ryan Pugh is the OC at Troy. It's his second year with the program. We've talked a bit about tempo. What are some hallmarks, do you think, of a Ryan Pugh offense already at Troy?
2: Oh, you can already see it—the connection that he has with his team, and you know he—he's able to adapt and, and, and connect with our players at such a hu- a great level. You know, and, and Coach Mattels does the same thing, and both of those guys have been trained and and have a mentor in Jeff Grimes, and so I know what type of team he'll he'll bring to to Lavelle Stadium, and they'll be physical, and they'll be excited to play this game, and and they'll, they'll, they, you can see the identity of his personality showing on on their team, and it's a cool sight to see. But you know we're. We're, we we want to make sure that our identity as our coaches and Jeff Grimes' identity as offensive coordinator shows up on our offense as well.
0: Okay, we're diving deep here for Trivial Notes. Uh, both teams have a gunner in this game. In Troy's case, it's a gunner with an AR. He's the Trojans' quarterback. last time BYU faced a gunner at quarterback was in your first year as head coach. We went to Cincinnati, and Gunner Keel was the QB for Cincy then. Now, they've got a gunner Watson. We've got a gunner Romney. Both guys wear number 18. Uh, gunner versus gunner on Saturday night. <laughs> And Gunner can gun it, their guy.
2: Yeah. He can, yeah. And, I mean, the, the numbers don't lie. You look at the things that he was able to do, and, you know, I mean, he, he can even run the ball, too. He's got big size and strong arm, and, you know, that I think they, they should be really excited the fact that he's a young guy and, and that will be a you know leader of their offense for a long time.
0: Troy comes out of the Sunbelt Conference, and in the first few weeks of this season, Sunbelt's made some noise, haven't they?
2: They have, yeah. And you, you see the, some of the things that they've done, and they've been matched uh, really well against uh, specifically some P5 teams, and so... Uh, you know, they're, they're not surprising anyone anymore. And so uh, I think that if you know anything about those coaches that, that, that coach their teams, you know that they're going to have their guys ready. And uh, that's why I, I have a lot of admiration for Chip Lindsay as a coach. And I think he's a good mentor for Ryan Pugh. It's, it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to the game.
0: In this week's AP poll, you're 18, Sunbelt team Louisiana's right behind you in 19. And until last week, App State was also in the top 25 until they lost. But uh, there are a bunch of teams, the Sunbelt, getting top 25 votes right now. So it's been a good start for them. And as we already talked about, Troy has done it before, right, where they've gone on the road and, and, and beaten big names. And so, again, you said they have your attention for that reason and others as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's 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 why the matchup is so is so fun for us. And uh, it's not one of those things that's uh, surprising that, great teams coming into you know and undefeated and so we're we're, we're excited that they they, they don't have any rust on them like you know we, we should be able to improve a lot from game one to game two but i think this you heard gunner said it himself this is like another uh, opening game for us and we're looking we're looking forward to it i, I just know our guys are excited for it i am too mm-hmm. but i'm i just i could feel it from our players
0: let's jump off the springboard you gave us earlier in the show with turnovers as we go inside the numbers here since 2016 Troy is second in the FBS in total takeaways. Look at that. Central Florida's got 112. Troy's second with 106. No one has more picks than Troy over the last four seasons. They had three of them last weekend.
2: Yeah, when you, you look at the athleticism that they have on their roster, specifically at defensive back, uh, they, they can do a lot of good things. They can do a lot of different things uh, in coverage as well and confuse the quarterback quite often. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a... It's uh, going to be important for us to take care of the football, and, and that's the key. Other than the score, the takeaway is a really important. Uh, uh, you know, stat to keep track of.
0: And you played a pretty clean game that way at Navy. You had just the one penalty and the one turnover, kind of a fluke too. The INT that we threw, that BYU threw at Navy, you know, it's it's it, it's it's a guy bumping Neil Pau on his on his on his uh, on his cut and off balance, the ball goes over his head. Not a typical true mistake INT was it?
2: Yeah, mistakes happen in the game. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of quarterbacks that go without throwing even uh, interceptions. Even the great, you know, great ones do it in the NFL. So, uh, what I always want to make sure is that we're mindful of the ball and that we take care of it. The ball belongs to the whole program, uh, and then that we take risks, but they're calculated and they're they're wise moves that we do. You know, and, and when we do make mistakes, we make up for them with hustle and and uh, you know with passion and, and physicality, and that's going to be the key for us. The defense responded when we had a mistake. That's what happened at Navy. Navy. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to need them to play aggressive on the offensive side, and our defense is going to have to hold ground when that happens. That's what we're built for here.
0: All right, break time. We'll tell you that Mondays at 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific, we talk with the BYU football coordinators on the aforementioned Coordinators Corner with Jeff Grimes, Eli Satuiaki, and Ed Lamb. It's also on demand on the BYU TV app. Coming up. Isaiah Kofusi and the coach takes your questions from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. All right, so welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Time now for our Cougars in the NFL. Fred Warner leading the Niners defense. Nine tackles in a win against Harvey Longy in his New York Jets on the weekend. Jamal Williams, nice day. More than 60 yards on the ground against the Lions. Michael Davis and the Chargers losing to Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs. Davis did have five tackles and a couple of PBUs. Taysom Hill, quiet night. A quiet night for the Saints as a team. Losing in Las Vegas last night on Monday Night Football. Taysom was just inches away, however, from scoring the first ever NFL touchdown at Allegiant Stadium. I think that went to Alvin Kamara. All right. uh, Each week on this show, we find out some of what makes the Cougars tick. In our Cougar Q&A presented by Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. This week we ask the Cougs the question, why BYU
1: for you? What persuaded me to come to BYU was my brother. Uh, My brother was here earlier and came up for a visit. Uh, We played in high school together. It's something that I wanted to do again as we talked about it growing up as kids. I guess really just my brother Gunner.
3: My older brother played here and I wanted to play with him and that's kind of the
4: The thing that brought me here was family. I wanted
5: to be a Cougar because uh, my older brother was playing
1: here.
2: My older brother Parker played here at BYU and uh, just the school and the environment and just what we stand for.
1: My dad played here and coached here and I grew up running around uh, at the the football stadium and the football offices so I I always wanted to, to, to play at BYU. As a kid my dad played here like I said
5: so uh, I wanted to come here since I was a little boy, and when they gave me a, a walk-on opportunity, I took it with no question.
4: Why did I want to be a Cougar? Um, it was the family atmosphere, the people, the players, and definitely the coaches.
2: What persuaded me to come to BYU, I think it was Kalani. I've been really close with Coach Tuiaki and Coach Sitake since I was a freshman in high school, and so it's been been quite the journey with them, and I've always wanted to play for great coaches like them.
5: Kalani Sitake got the job when I was less than six months into my mission, and at that moment I wanted to come to BYU.
2: I came to BYU because of Coach Kalani and uh, Coach Duyaki, have played a huge part of my life, uh, played huge roles uh, of me growing up, and through the recruiting process, they've been uh, non-stop contact, and even on my mission, they're always there for me and my family, so that's, that's what made me want to come to BYU and uh, be here.
0: So we see in that feature guys with actual family ties, a lot of them guys who say this feels like a family and probably players that feel like family to you now that you've been with them as long as you have.
2: Yeah, it's just it's a it's, a, it's what BYU is, you know, and, and I don't think that's anything unique to, to me as the head coach, but it's just uh, the feeling that you have here with it, It's with the administration. I mean, everybody feels like they're your, your brother, Greg, you know, that's just the atmosphere and the environment here at BYU and, and being a church school I think it it kind of, you know, it feeds off that vibe and that feeling of love and and, and family. And so it's very familiar for these guys, and they can thrive in in this environment.
0: Okay, from Q&A for the Cougs to Q&A for the coach, we're taking your questions. (coughs) And our first social media question comes our way from at snazzy underscore Coug, who asks, can you let us know more about the health of Jaron Hall? He's a quarterback for you that hasn't played yet. How's he doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, we don't disclose a lot about the in- injuries or anything like that. But he's he's working, and you know, we'll hopefully, get get him back as soon as possible. And and um, you know, until it threatens the season, we probably won't say much more details
0: about it. In the meantime, your number three became Soljay, uh in place of uh, in place of Jaron at Navy. Soljay, my a Peters.
2: Yeah, and it was it was good to see him get on the field. I mean, I I, I was a little nervous because we were trying to kneel the ball down at the end. I was just worried that he was going to try to punch it in on his own, but. <laughs> You know, uh, but if you know anything about Jade, it wouldn't surprise you. But we had to remind them like, hey, just kneel it down. And I uh, think it was just good to see a lot of young guys get get reps and get some experience in in, in that type of game. It was a lot of fun. Okay, more social media
0: at jnails 21 asks, where can I get Kalani's mask? We saw Matt, we saw we saw some video of it, and here's some more uh, of that cool black with royal and the old sailor coog. <laughs> It's a nice looking mask you got is that something they can just uh pick up at the byu store or where can we find that that's that's pretty sharp
2: you know what i i don't know i just <laughs> whatever shows up in my locker i wear right i i only have one request that the royal blue hats there other than that it's whatever shows up i, I put on and um yeah i just i didn't mind it because it covered my double chin up really well <laughs>
0: Do you have uh, a favorite uniform combo, by the way? One of my favorites, if not my favorite, was the one you actually guys wore uh, at Navy. The all-whites with Royal looks pretty sharp.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm always, you know, I, I don't go into the the uniform uh, stuff. I think that's between our marketing department. But and, do
0: you like uh, the look we saw? At I, the... I,
2: I do. I think it's a really nice look, and I think we play really well. I mean, when the players want it, uh, we'll, we'll line up. I mean, they, they're the ones that they are going to have the, the, the final say in. And how they dress and then uh, I want them to feel comfortable and how they look and uh, I think if you you look good you feel good you play with it. so here we go
0: our stage manager Julian uh, told us uh, off the air that uh, the BYU equipment Instagram account has already said that uh, it'll be all Royals for Troy uh, this weekend so from all white <coughs> with with Royal at Navy to all Royal with white against Troy and uh, and so we, we got that news
2: hey I, I mean yeah the players want it Let, let's go yeah, <laughs> I, I just want results. I want I want performance and uh, results, and I'm sure the fans will agree with me on that one. So I, uh, nothing looks better on a uniform than points on the scoreboard.
0: Kalani Sitake not determining uniform combos, but uh, <laughs> everything looks good with the W. We've yeah. In yeah. the masks,
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I I would try to get that information out to you, but I mean it's free, so I wear it.
0: All right. Uh, check out uh, BYU Sports Nation. It works to live by, folks. Uh, check out BYU Sports Nation right now. I do live by those same words. As Kiki Solano celebrates the new BYU football ranking, Cougars in the NFL and basketball bubbles in Las Vegas. Ninety nine percent of my closet is free clothes from BYU. It's uh, on the BYU Sports Nation social media platforms, by the way, BYU SN right now. Coming up after the break. Malik Moore is profiled by our deep blue crew and Isaiah Kafusi on defending the Troy offense this weekend. this is BYU football with Kalani Sitake.
1: BYU football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. And by Qualtrics.
0: Well, coming into this season, defensive back Malik Moore had played in 25 of 26 games and was already in the INT column as a Cougar. But as we discover in tonight's Deep Blue feature, Malik is making an impact as much off the field as on it as a leader and advocate for unity. Deep Blue is
5: brought to you by America First Credit Union. To the, uh... My mom is my world, for sure. That's why I have this necklace. Like, it says her name on it. I swear it everywhere I go, just a reminder of who I do it for. And I always do it for my whole family. But I also remember, like, what everything she's been through. She's a very caring and loving person.
6: I just learned in life that no matter what trial, no matter what tribulation, no matter what your circumstance is, life is still moving. Nothing is going to stop just because you're going through. So you might as well keep pressing, you might as well trust God. And I've been shocked so many times about how God has worked things out. So I've just simply learned to trust Him.
5: I, I was for sure a trouble kid. I was bad growing up. You know the little green, yellow, red cars. I was always on red every day.
6: His grades were excellent, but that behavior every day, he was on red every day, literally every day.
5: <laughs> my, my teacher, they called me Motormouth. My, it was like Malik Moore, so MM. I just talked a lot, I always talked back.
6: He loves me so much, but I love him even more. And I would always tell all of my kids, there's greatness inside of you, and it's my job to get it out. <laughs> so in order to get the greatness out, I felt I had to drive the foolishness out. I had a three strikes. So the first time you get in trouble or something, you know, maybe, you know, you had a bad day. Second time, OK, we're going to have a real talk. But the third time, it's whooping time.
5: Every time I got in trouble, I just pray just Pray to God. Before I got whoopings, i pray to God.
6: He'd have his little hands together on his little knees, and he'd say, Lord, please take away the spirit of rebellion <laughs> and disobedience <laughs> and help me to be good.
5: It was so repetitive, you know, just, some as a kid, you're like, I'm just done, I'm going to act right, and just my life right. <laughs>
1: These young people, they've got a lot of of more information than ever before, more ability to see what's going on in the world, a new perspective that that guys my age don't have. And what's been important to me
2: has always been what's important to them. Our culture on our team is that we want our players to connect. We we share our vulnerabilities, we share our our weaknesses, and and, and hope that others can, can come to know us each individually
1: nowadays because there's so many voices and so much noise out there people get carried away with being right or wrong and I really can appreciate it when when a player or or anybody will step up and give their opinion I woke
5: up one morning and decided hey look I'm gonna do something about the situation and everything going on the world and corona then we had police brutality going on It it was it was ridiculous
6: that moment in time really affected him in a moral way that he felt responsible to speak out and say something.
5: I got to writing a script. Uh, I called my mom and asked her like, what are some things that I can do or give me some ideas to start this off?
6: I said, God has given you a vision. No one else can bring this vision to pass except for you.
5: Typed it up, sent it up and asked a bunch of players to, hey, will you be will you be a part of this? And, can you help support the cause? And gladly they did. My teammates are real good. They're family to me.
6: I appreciate all of his teammates that per- that participated. I believe it took a lot of courage, and seeing some of the comments on the video, I know it took a lot of courage to make a profound statement and a stand and really show the world what you're standing for and who you're standing with.
5: It was a fun experience to have and to be a part of something like that and to make a change.
1: I know that what's going on right now in the world
6: is important to
2: Malik. And I applaud him for his leadership, for being able to speak out. I'm proud of the things that he's promoting and trying to help um, lives become better and trying to help fight social injustice and racism. And so that's something that they want to talk, that they want to be vocal about. I'm going to support him in all that. I know whenever I
5: first came to BYU my freshman year, I was for sure judging the person next to me. I didn't know who they were, and I kind of placed them in this certain box that, okay, they go to BYU, the LDS, and I didn't want to talk to them because I didn't think they were going to have the same interests as me. But I believe me going out of my way to talk to people and to meet people, it wasn't like that at all. And so it goes to show that loving your neighbor and getting to know them takes you a long way. And it didn't matter to me whether that person was LDS or not, everyone believes the same color as you. So all that matters, you can believe what you want to believe and I can believe what I want to believe. Either way it goes we're both human and we can still have fun together
0: you mentioned the word connection in that piece and it, it it's obvious that uh, malik has made some pretty valuable connections in his time at byu
2: oh yeah and th- i mean this is all learning experience for uh, a lot of these young men you know and, and and for coaches as well so we're we're all we're a culture of, of love and learning and we're trying to get better and uh, that that centered around the 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 teaching the principles of christ that he teaches as our savior is really important and uh it's it's a universal thing that can make lives get better and you can see the impact that that the the savior has made even in malik in his life and so it's a uh, i'll embrace the idea of having a lot of different diversity um different backgrounds on our team and, and Uh, our guys are learning and and getting better, and that centered around Christ could be really beautiful. Another great
0: uh, deep blue feature. Fantastic. Well, of all the uh, great defensive performances at Navy in that season opening win, perhaps none stood out more than the one turned in by linebacker Isaiah Kofusi. All of his tackles were solo stops. Two of his tackles were sacks, and one of them forced a crucial Navy fumble. It's the kind of game we've kind of come to expect now from a BYU captain and unquestioned leader on the cougar d he is senior isaiah kafusi and he joins us live tonight hello isaiah how's it going thanks for having me thanks for being on with us again and uh and, and Kaline, we, we were talking about how we're going to be visiting with uh with isaiah on the show you're like i just saw him you literally got off the practice field with this guy a little while ago right
2: <laughs> i see him a lot and i i talk to him uh, i mean out of all the players I, pre- I think i talk to him the most right but I've, I've been able to see some of the things that he's done as a leader as a player, I mean, he is a great example of what our BYU football players should be like. And uh, just an honor for me to be his coach.
0: I know that uh, Kalani leans on you, Isaiah, as a leader on the D. How much do you find yourself uh, leaning on, on, on Coach Sitake
1: as a, as, a, as a veteran, a senior like yourself? Oh, all the time. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, there's just, um, there's so many guys who love, you know, Coach. And... Um, you know, you ask that question to every single person in our locker room, we're all going to have the same answer. You know, we love coach and, uh, you know, he 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 loves us and we all know it. You know, he we know that he loves us and, uh, you know, he's always always calling me. Sometimes I had to ghost him during quarantine because he called me too much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, love just love love being able to play. And I've learned so much and, and I'm definitely a better husband and a better father because of, of coach. I want to talk a bit about the uh, – not, not you
0: ghosting, Coach. I want to talk a bit about the Navy game a little bit. Um, I mentioned five tackles, a couple sacks. Now, early in the game, uh, BYU has its only offensive turnover. Uh, Navy ends up with the ball in scoring territory. What did the defense have in mind, you and those guys, when you came on the
1: field? You're up 14-0, is still in question, and they've got the ball in a pretty good spot. Yeah, you know, the mentality was that the, the offense was going to be aggressive and that we had their backs, and so that was really um, – you know, we, we let Zach do what he, you know, what he wanted and, and let him just be aggressive, let the offense be aggressive. And, um, you know, he knew that we were going to have his back. So we were, we were you know pretty juiced that we got, were able to get back on the field. Uh, and just, you know, credit to, to my teammates and all the guys, in, you know, in coverage, you know, holding up their guys and, and locking it down for me to come through and, and get that strip sack. Okay, you hit the keyword aggressive right there. How much fun is it to be part of a group that really gets after it with that mentality? Oh, it's so much fun. I mean, if you look back at the film, guys are smiling, we're laughing, Kalani's busting out his dance moves. (laughs) Uh, You know, when when we're aggressive and, and, you know, we are just having fun. And so that's really the bottom line is, uh, you know, we love this kind of this mentality that we've taken on this year is, you know, we're going to be aggressive defensively and the offense will have our backs and, and, uh, you know, the offense will be aggressive and we'll have their back. You know, Kalani people talk about offense as being aggressive, like, like Isaiah
0: says, taking shots and all that. So there's also value, right, on the defense being a take your shot kind of group as well, right?
2: Yeah, and I think that the key is to lean on, on our leaders on the team, you know, and even get feedback from them. And I think being able to bounce ideas off of the players is really important. This is Isaiah is one of the guys that, that, that we go to. You know, he, he's a guy that, I mean, <clears throat> if you don't know anything about Isaiah, after the game, he had a great game, was probably one of our best players in, in performance. And he's looking at ways that he, the plays that he missed out on. Mm-hmm. Remember Isaiah, he's like, man, he's, this, this guy just wants to get better and he wants to play the perfect game. And even then, he was still looking on a way to improve. I, I've given him challenges, but all I do is plant a seed of a challenge and this guy goes beyond on, on an improvement. The things that he's done from when I first saw him take the field mm-hmm. to now, it's unbelievable, you know, and, and, and I see that week to week. And he's such a great example to our players and it's such a cool thing to coach.
0: Isaiah, how have you and hopefully your teammates approached what's going to turn out to be a 19-day break between games to hopefully be as sharp in game two as you guys really were in game one?
1: Yeah, you know, I think uh, just focusing on getting better every day. you know, whether that's in the weight room, in the film room, uh, out, out on the practice field, um, football IQ. I think, you know, we'll just we just take it one day at a time and, and the mentality and the goal is just to get better. And so that's, you know, kind of been our, our goal throughout this, you know, two week span since our last game. And um, guys have really bought in and guys have gotten better. OK, Coach Coach Ryan Pugh is the O.C. at Troy
0: he was uh, once in BYU Blue. Your thoughts against, about going up against Coach
1: Pugh's uh, offense on Saturday? Yeah, you know, I'm really excited. Um, I'm just excited to play football again. I mean, it's just, you know, with all that's going on, uh, it's, it's just a wonderful opportunity to be able to play football again. And, and uh, you know, credit to Coach, they've got a good offense. They showed it, you know, last week against Middle Tennessee. And uh, really excited to just get back on the field and do our thing. Okay, you are in, you're at the start of, of of your senior
0: season, and it seems like we we get a lot of guys on this show in their senior years to give us a, a sense of what they hope to get out of this last go-round. Of course, you know, this could be a free year. Everyone who's a senior now could be a senior again next year if they want to be, but I don't know what your plans are going to be. What do you hope to get out
1: of this year, and, and is this kind of like the last go-round for you in your mind? Yeah, um, Got a lot of goals and written a lot of them down and um, and vocalized those to you know my family and to my coaches and my teammates. But um, you know th- this year I really just want to have some fun and and really elevate those around me. Uh, my teammates are fantastic, my coaches and, and the staff are fantastic, and um, really that, that's the, that's the goal is just to to make others better while I'm playing and, and and to better myself as well. We have so many more games to go with
0: this guy yet, uh, coach. But uh, what what will you remember most? About his contributions when it is all said and done for him,
2: there's just there's no ceiling to his to his ability. I mean this this guy could be he could do, be great at everything, and and he's he's proven that. And and I mean I I'm I've been really impressed with all the things that he does well. And it's not just one little thing. It's just his football IQ. He's going to be a brilliant coach if he ever wants to not make as much money as he potentially can. <laughs> but he he's got so much ability to do things and. Uh, As a leader and as just anything that he wants to do, he he can achieve his dreams. And and I I look forward to seeing his future because I'm already seeing the things that he's doing right now currently as a player for us.
0: Isaiah, it is always great to see your smiling face on this show and great to see the way you play on the field. Have a great game Saturday and a great senior year. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Love you, bro. All right, that is Isaiah Kafusi. Fans, you can break down more Cougar football with Dave McCann, <laughs> Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon each week on After Further Review. It aired earlier tonight and is already on demand on the BYU TV app or watch it tomorrow morning on BYU TV at 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific time. As we go to break, this week's trivia question presented by Qualtrics. In what year did BYU last lose a home opener to a team outside the Power Five conferences? We'll tell you after our final break. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitaka. Here's our trivia question once again. In what year did BYU last lose a home opener to a team outside of the Power 5 conferences? And the answer has special significance. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not in a great way Uh, for for Coach. What is it about this game, Coach?
2: That was my true freshman year, 18 years old, first home game. Yeah, so... uh... Uh, Not the best memories, but uh, that Colorado State team was really good. That was.
0: But it just shows how long it's been since that happened. Granted, a lot of times you are playing P5s and openers, but uh, it's been a long time. So let's just keep that thing going so it stays a long time. Made
2: me feel really old right then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You and me both, brother. Uh, All right. uh, We have a little segment here on the show. It doesn't really have much of a, a title to it other than in case you missed it. Stuff you might not have seen over the last couple of weeks. And, and we all know how, how, you know how great that Navy win was, and we all know how much you guys had to celebrate it. I'm not sure we all saw this, though, coming. <laughs> That's your good friend, defensive coordinator Eli Satuayaki, breaking it down, catching air, and popping a little spin on us at the end, too. Good stuff. <laughs> He can still he can still do some
2: things. He can do it, yeah. I've seen him do that when he was in high school. He he could actually complete the <laughs> the you know the the, the rotation the windmill. Yeah. All
0: right. So uh, there's a, a website out there that uh, picked their team of the week in the first week, and and BYU's offensive line was so good the entire line got on. Everybody got on. <laughs> there, there was just everybody had to get on. All right. Uh, Matt Bushman was not with you at Navy, uh, but he was with his wife, and a couple days after. The Navy game, Emily and uh, and Matt, welcome little Andy May into the world. So congratulations to the Bushmans. We have Andy Reid uh, needing the windshield wipers on the sidelines. Uh, this was this was a, a foggy, humid, wet night in Kansas City, and he was able to see through that to make a lot of great play calls anyway.
2: Yeah, he didn't need he didn't need that to see the, the very well. He knew he had to as long as he could see his play sheet. The guy is a master play caller, and then the results. I mean, Super Bowl champ.
0: Okay, we have 15 seconds for you to give us the uh, final breakdown on what's going to happen Saturday night against Troy.
2: Ready to play. yeah. Test our team's toughness and consistency. and uh, Saw Coach Tuyaki dancing. Looking forward to him uh, and Coach Grimes dancing on Saturday night. Hope
0: they get to break out some more moves. All right, good stuff. Folks, we'll see you next Tuesday, 8.30 Eastern, for Isaiah Kafusi and the coach Kalani Sitake. I am Greg Rubel. This has been BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Go Cougs, have a great week.